On today's episode, I'm joined by Taylor Armstrong, the Director of Customer Service and Registration. We're going to answer some commonly asked questions you have, so be sure you stay tuned. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC, and I am joined today by Miss Taylor Armstrong, the Director of Customer Service and Registration here at UKC. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, good. I know uh, you're kind of like me and not used to all these uh, cameras and microphones in front <laughs> of us, but uh, we'll get through this. This will this will be fun. So um, I, a lot of the people that are listening today will be familiar with you. You've been a fixture at our major events in all the hunting segments, coonhounds, beagles, curfeist, all those through that throughout the years. I traveled to a lot of them. Are there some of them that kind of stand out to you as far as being your favorites to travel to? Um, I really like going to all of them, to be perfectly honest. I like getting out and talking to the people that I'm processing paperwork for over the years. Um, I've been to a lot of coonhound events, a lot of beagle events, um, never been to an HRC event or um, even a curfeist event. So um, looking forward to getting out to some of those um in the near future hopefully yeah sounds like alan has got kind of hogged you over the years sounds like a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know uh sometimes when i go to some major events like grand american specifically stands out they're always super bummed whenever i show up and you're not there they're always like hey, where's taylor at i'm like hey i can do it too i'm just not as maybe not as nice as she is i guess i don't know but uh yeah they're they're those guys that they they sure miss seeing you there so hopefully you'll be able to get out and travel a little bit more this coming year for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know that we both have uh, one of the things that we have in common is kind of an affinity for college sports. We're always jabbing back and forth about college sure. football and basketball and baseball. And we're kind of in the meat of it here. Football season is kind of rolling. We're almost halfway through the season already, which is hard to believe. And we got basketball season on tap already. You went to Michigan State, right? I did. Yep. Yeah. I graduated from Michigan State in 2008 and I bleed green and white. So good, bad or indifferent. I'm I'm watching and sometimes screaming at my TV, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a Tennessee fan, of course, coming from Tennessee, lived there my whole life, but, uh, I definitely tend to go towards the, the green and white rather than the, the maize and gold. Is that what they call it? Maize and they say maize and blue. Okay. Yeah. I got to get up on my colors of the big 10 teams, yeah. I guess, <laughs> but we don't uh, like to talk about them though. So. Yeah. We won't, we won't even <laughs> mention them. Uh, but yeah, hey, let's let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about registr registration and customer service, which I think uh, people will be really interested to hear about and some of the some of the different things that you guys are doing and uh, and and a lot of the improvements that you've made uh, specifically over the past few weeks have been just incredible. So uh, I'm glad to be able to dive into it a little bit. So can we just start out with kind of an update on where you guys are on online uh, and mailed in registration applications? Yeah. So um, everything mailed, emailed online, we're all sitting at about two weeks out. So um, some things are maybe a day or two ahead of that. Um, but, uh, you know, the beginning of the summer, we were about six weeks out, um, which was not a good place for us to be um, and not a good place for for our customers to be sitting at. But 
We've pushed really, really hard um, throughout the summer and everything is is right at that two week mark. So um, our goal is to get to one week. So um, still have a little bit of work, but we have made a lot of improvements on on that in the training and breakdown of where tasks lay, lie within our team and in things like that. So um, much, much of a shorter wait now for, yeah. for everybody sending stuff in for sure. Absolutely. And it's showing. Um, I'm just curious, you know, I've, I've started around the end of 2019. In that time, is that where you're working at? Usually about a week out. Is that is that what you guys are shooting for usually? Yep. Um, so we have kind of found that um, one week is kind of that sweet spot. Yeah. So, um, you know, it allows us to kind of start um, processing mail from like Monday of that week on Friday of that same week. So um, and a, a quicker turnaround for everybody, um, even with, with the, about a week in the mail. So, yeah. And, and that's important for any of our listeners or viewers to know is, uh, uh that's, uh, right now you're currently two weeks out. That's two weeks of it arriving here. Not Correct. two, not two Correct. weeks as of you putting it in your mailbox, because we know we're not going to be responsible for any lead times by the, by the postal services that are getting them in. But when it hits the office here, Two weeks from that date, it's getting processed right now, which is incredible strides that have been made the past couple months. So kudos to to you and your team just for the past couple of years, all the hard work and overtime you guys have put in. It uh, hasn't gone unnoticed on our end for sure. Yeah, and definitely. And, and you hit on the post office there. Um, I mean, we have seen um, huge improvements on that end too. So things that were at sometimes taking, you know, close to two weeks to get here, um, most mail is being delivered in about a week. So um, that's great for everybody too. It, it shortens that entire time up from when it leaves their hands to when they have it back. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I get asked a lot at, at some events or a lot of time in messages or calls is people who are submitting like uh, litters or single registration applications. Uh, the, the difference between doing them online and mailing in the physical paperwork, is there a difference in lead time there? Are they going to, is online, it seems to be the quicker method. Obviously you're taking out the mail time too, which takes out a week of your time right there, right off the top, you're saying. For sure. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, if, if you're doing, if you're, if it's a form you're able to do online, um, we don't have to wait a week to get it in the mail or two days, however long it takes. We can start that two week processing time right that day. So um, it is definitely the quicker way. Um, there are some things are a little bit easier on our end with those two. So it, it takes the entire processing time down a little bit. Um, but even mailed in applications are are still being done within that two weeks, too. So if if you're not an online person or not not super confident in your computer skills, um, yeah. we're definitely um, speeding that up all the way around. Yeah. The good thing about it is that those forms, even online, even if you're not an expert at online stuff, that's really broken down and it tells you step by step what to do. So don't be scared to get on there and For try sure. it. And uh, you probably have somebody in your family that can help you out with it. And if it's going to save you some time and definitely a lot of effort getting paperwork, then definitely worth a try. I always try to veer people that way because it just seems to be more convenient and more efficient. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so aside from just the the paperwork stuff, uh, obviously a lot of the talk the past couple of years has been about uh, communicating with UKC, specifically the registration department. And it seems like in the past couple of weeks, the the avenues for customers to, to communicate with our, our representatives in that department have gotten way stronger. Definitely, for sure. So um, kind of along with um, the registration stuff at the beginning of the summer, um, our average wait time by the end of the day was about three to four hours. So um, obviously that is not a great great time for everybody to be waiting for that. Um, and we have uh, a much, much more trained staff than we have had in the past. So um, 
that has allowed us to get those average wait times at the end of the day to right about 10 minutes. So yeah. um, some days are lower, some days are maybe a little bit higher, just depend. Mondays are always a busy phone day from the weekends, of course. But um, even even on Mondays, um, our, our wait times have been much, much more reasonable for to expect people to um, be waiting for, for a response from us. Um, ideally, our wait time would be, of course, zero minutes. You call in and someone picks up right away. But um, that's not not totally realistic, but you know, a few minute wait time on average is where we're looking looking to get everybody, and we're we're very close to getting there. So yeah. And then as far as um, emails go, um, we have had a big big push in emails over the last couple of weeks. Also, um, they that has kind of been with everything else we've been working on. That's kind of been the the lower focus of of everything, and now that the phones and the registration stuff has caught up. We've been working really hard at those emails. Um, and over the last roughly week, little over a week, um, we moved about three weeks worth of emails. Yeah. Um, and we're into onto September 9th as I came down here today. So that's awesome. Um, working on getting that to a 24 to 48 hour response time. So well on our way for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so even though the phone calls have, the wait time's gotten way, way shorter and you guys have been uh, clearing out the queue by the end of the day, mm -hmm. every day seems yep. like now. And, and you put a significant chunk in the emails. The new chat feature is still just a great method for people who have simple issues that can be right. taken care of pretty, pretty quickly. Cause when you're chatting in on our website, just going to the ukcdogs.com website, the chat bubble there in the bottom right corner, you're not looking for more than a two minute wait usually. Right. Yeah, most times it's it's under two minutes, um, and it's it's a live person just like you talk to on the phone, which is great. Um, you know, some other chats um, are kind of robot based at first to, to direct you where you need to go. Um, but the nice thing about ours is you're talking with a live person right away, and um, they can do the same kinds of um, all the same answers that you would be looking for on the phone or through email. They can help you out with on chat too. So. Um, and that's also mobile friendly. So that's great. So if you're not at home and you have a quick question, you can hop over there on your cell phone or tablet, things like that. Yeah. And we, we also have the chat feature in the hunting ops department. It's been a huge help for people just wanting to check a uh, quick field trial or water race point checks. Yeah. And I actually got to work the chat for a little bit, which it was pretty, you know, it's kind of fun, you know, but uh, making sure that you're talking to a real person, that's, that's the important thing there. Sometimes if you got me on there, I may sound like a robot, but I was a real person. So uh, when you get in there, they're going to take care of you quickly or at least point you in the right direction to get your problems resolved. So that chat feature has been a big help for for customers and us alike, it seems like. For sure. Um, talking about some of the issues that arise when people are sending in their paperwork that are causing them to maybe go into a hold file or, or go into a resolution place where they have to uh, get more information or variant information. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the common mistakes that we see on our end so that people can be more focused when they're sending the stuff on what they need to make sure is correct on the paperwork, uh, sure. just in case they're kind of glancing over the directions that are there on the paperwork for them. So let's just start out with online registration applications. I know there's a few different, there's uh, obviously litters and singles and may, uh, maybe some other things online that people can send stuff in. And there's quite a, I mean, there's quite a few problems that you see daily there. What are some of the more significant problems that you usually see on there? Yeah. So for online litters, the biggest one is the verifications for the sire and dam. So because you're doing the form online, there's no physical signature like on the paper application. So what what happens when you fill out and submit an application is you get an email as the owner of the sire or the owner of the dam. If you own both, you'll get two emails. So that's that's one thing that gets missed, too, is they're like, well, I, I did it. I verified it. Well, if you own both, you have to do verifications on both. So 
Um, and basically what that is, is you verifying that you filled out the information correct. It's the right number of puppies, that kind of thing. Um, but also giving us permission to move forward with that registration. And if you don't get those emails or don't respond to those emails, that's when a lot of online litters get hung up. Um, especially if you own both dogs, cause you don't, you don't necessarily think you're going to get both. So be on the lookout for those for sure. Yeah. So it's just keep that in mind. If you're doing an online litter, uh, as soon as you're putting in your, your, you're done with your litter stuff, those emails come pretty quick, right? I mean, within. It's usually within about five minutes. Yeah. So if you, if you go to your email and check it, even 10, 20 minutes later, you're not seeing emails there. You could check your spam folder, but otherwise that might be a good, uh, good time to go onto the chat real quick while you're still on your computer, while you're still on the website and getting with a representative and finding out maybe what's going on yeah. there. Because yeah. if you're not getting those emails, then something, something's wrong somewhere. Yeah. Cause we can, if you, you know, hop on a chat and you're like, I, I filled out an online letter. I don't have it yet. Um, we can check and make sure the email is correct. Um, we can resend them within a short period of time. Um, the links are also only valid for 72 hours. So it's not something you can do. And then a week later, come back and expect that those emails are still going to be valid. Um, so if you get in a situation to where you've got the emails, you went, you were out of town at an event for a weekend or something. Um, and those links aren't working any longer. That's when we can do that for you manually over the phone or via a chat. Um, so definitely reach out to us that way. Um, one other thing that gets litters kind of hung up a little bit is when you have a duplicated set of papers on your your male or your female. Um, and when you put in the UKC number, you put in that D that's on the paper. That should be left off for the online applications because it's 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 not part of the UKC number. It's just designating that this is a duplicate. Um, so it doesn't actually find the number to send that email out. So that will hang up some things too. So that's something we can fix if if you've done that and, and that's what's holding up your litter. Right. And then just another thing that I've seen just briefly and, and people uh, asking questions about it, uh, make sure whenever, say you're the owner of the dam, you're the breeder of the litter and you're listening to the owner, the owner of the sire and who it goes to, make sure you listen to the first owner. Yes. Be in contact with yep. those people. Don't put the second owner. Don't put who used to own it. Don't put who owns the dog now, but they haven't transferred the papers over. You have to put the first owner on file for the dog currently, or else that's going to be a holdup too. Correct. Correct. Yep. That sole signatory is that, that person that need, needs to have their name there for that verification. Right. On, on single registration side, which of course we don't see as much in coonhounds, but it's really prevalent in uh, beagles and, and curfeist and labs, HRC. Yep. Yeah. Labs, tons of labs um, and the, and the pit bull folks and, and a lot of other breeds of dogs who, who mm-hmm. don't, have their litters registered through UKC as much. So they're just single register. What are some of the biggest uh, issues that you see on that side of things as far as causing problems? Yeah, for sure. For, for online singles, um, the, the kind of two biggest things that stick out to me is, um, when you're doing one of those, you have to provide us proof of registration, um, from AKC or an FCI affiliated, affiliated registry. Um, and that list is of course on our website with the approved registries we accept. But if you don't include that proof, that registration will be held and you'll have an email sent to you um, asking for that information. So just a a copy of that. um, And it actually prompts you to upload it on the form. So that's what we're looking for. There's a copy of your registration certificate from that other registry. Um, And then the other thing we see quite a bit is people that have already got that application for permanent registration, that puppy paper from their breeder. They try to do a single with that online because they don't want to have to mail it in, which, um, Spoiler alert, I guess we are looking at moving some more of our forms online. So be on the lookout for that um, in the future. Um, We don't have a a time for that. But 
for right now, that form has to be physically mailed in. So they'll do a single and they'll upload their puppy paper as proof. Um, and that's going to get kicked back to you and your money's going to be refunded. And then you'll get an email asking for you to mail that form in. So if you have that paper, just don't even mess with filling out that online single. Just just mail it in because that's what you're going to have to do in the end anyway. So. Yeah, one of the good things about the website, if you, if you go to uh, the registration tab on ukcdogs.com um, and go to the single registration tab, you can search by your breed and you can see exactly what uh, a feel, uh, what paperwork we accept as Correct. being. So uh, for my coon hunting guys out there, if you got a tree and walker that was registered with PKC, it's yep. an accepted registry for us. And, and you can easily single register the dog with just a picture of those papers that you upload easily. And then uh, a few pictures of the dog, right? Just one from the front and one from each side is usually what we require for most right. breeds, right? Yep. And the other thing is if you have papers from PKC or AKC, wherever that registry is, um, a, a copy of those papers filled out is just as, as adequate as the paper you get back from them. So you don't have to wait till you get that back. So that can sometimes speed things up for you if you have an event coming up too. Right. And things like that, they're just uh, proving the dog's lineage and it's just protecting the integrity of the dogs yeah. that we yep. that we breed. So uh, people who are, are in and around dogs understand things like that. It makes total sense to, to require that. For sure. Um, so let's talk about uh, some of the common mistakes that you see on paperwork that's mailed in. What, what causes those things to get held up whenever they mail them in? Yeah, so that is um, a little bit of a longer list, but still pretty short. So the biggest thing is to make sure when you get a paper from a breeder or from um, a seller who you bought a dog from, make sure they've signed that papers, paper and that they're the actual sole signatory. So again, like you were saying with the online litters, um, you know, make sure it's that first person listed on the front of that paper is that they've signed it. Um, if, if they haven't signed it, we don't have permission to transfer that dog to you. And that's going to for sure hold that up. Um, and sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to contact those individuals after you've already bought the dog, but, um, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck without that. So make sure that's there. Um, as far as color goes, make sure you've marked the color. It's in two spots on the applications on the puppy papers, right. actually. Um, so make sure you, you've marked that, um, making sure you have complete and accurate payment information. So we sometimes get expiration dates left off of the, the credit card information, and that won't allow us to charge the card. Um, make sure if you've moved that you have the billing address listed on the, the, the back with the credit card information. It does not have to match your mailing address. So if your card goes to a different address, that's fine. We need to know what that is, though, for the credit card because the bank won't approve it if we don't have that. Yeah. Um, one, one thing you're talking about cards. One thing that kind of stands out to me is uh, a lot of the calls I get are people, their, their credit cards work perfectly fine or their debit cards work perfectly fine, but they live in Florida and they have this random charge in Michigan. So sometimes that, yeah. it's a good idea to maybe touch base with your bank. If you're making an out of state purchase like this, uh, just beforehand, and that can save you some issues down the road, just kind of a thought there. And, and one other thing that I see a lot pulling, pulling paperwork for people is, just take your time when you're filling out that paperwork. Please. <laughs> it, it, it's just going to take you a few minutes. Um, just read through the directions and, and write legibly. So that way we make sure that we get your information correct as far as dog names and owner names. Take your time, follow the directions and and fill it out where we can read it. And you're usually in pretty good shape when we come to, to getting your paper yes, ba paperwork sure. back you know, in we a don't, timely manner. We don't like to make mistakes, but sometimes it is it can be a little bit of a challenge to read some of that handwriting. So yeah, just... Give us a little bit of help and just slow down a little bit and, and we'll be happy to to get going on that for you. Yeah. So now we talked about slowing it down, but let's talk about speeding it yes. up a little bit. Yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of folks these days are, are in a hurry and talking about accelerated services. Um, and we do offer accelerated services, right? Uh, we have yeah, a few different absolutely. options. Yep. We have three different options. 
Um, rush is a five day processing time, um, which does not include the mailing time back to you. So that will still get sent through the regular mail, which like we said earlier, is taking about a week, um, for most people, sometimes only a couple days. Um, we also have expedite, um, that is processed and back to you within five days. So we actually send that back, um, USPS priority mail. You get an email with a tracking number. Um, and it's generally about a three day mailing. So by the time we've got it, process printed and out in the mail, it's back to you within five days. Um, and then the fastest one is next day air. Um, that one is as long as we've received it by 1 PM Eastern time that day goes out that day, you get it the next business day. So, um, and that gets sent by FedEx. And again, you get an email with a tracking number for that as well. Um, the most important thing with any of those services to make sure that you're getting that service though, is you have to write it on the outside of the envelope. And the best place to put it on the outside is actually in the address on the the envelope. Right. So where you would put United Kennel Club, put Attention Rush or Attention Expedite, whichever one of those services you have decided to go with. Um, we get a lot of mail coming in, um, and our mailroom does not look in, inside every envelope. So putting it on that outside ensures that they get it to that department as soon as it comes in the door. Um, as opposed to getting put in with regular mail and we don't know you've paid next day or for two weeks. So right. very, very important to put that on the outside. Right. Absolutely. I don't think there's much to dive in there. Just it, it tells you there on the on the uh, uh, application that you're putting in. So yep. make sure you're paying attention to that. And uh, it tells you the prices for each of those selections. So uh, if you're needing accelerated services, be sure you're paying attention to that. And like she said, make sure on the outermost envelope, you put it out there and indicate it for for the mail room to to get it sorted out correctly. Um, one thing that a lot of people listening here, most of them are probably going to be uh, subscribers to our magazines, uh, yep. whether it's Coonhound Bloodlines, the Hunting Retriever Magazine, or the new UKC Field Magazine for the for the pointing dogs. Um, this is another another thing that your department handles, uh, right? Taking the magazine subscriptions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, anything that comes in online does get processed by our fulfillment team, um, but all of the mailed in and the ones done online are done by by my team here. Um, and one little kind of cheat for everyone at home is if you do want to subscribe and want to do that online, you will save $5 by doing that. So, um, we're happy to help you if that's not an option for you, but, um, you're able to do that yourself and save a little bit of money. I mean, yeah. everything's getting more expensive on us. So that, that $5 can definitely help. Um, and then if for some reason you don't get that magazine, we'll happily resend them for you and make sure everything is, is good to go on your subscription. So moving forward, just give us a call or, or pop on that online chat and we can absolutely take a look and, and see where, where we might've went wrong and get you another one sent out for sure. Okay. So let's kind of segue into some of the commonly asked questions that, uh, we may get when we're traveling to events from people who are out there, some common, some common questions that I get from hunters uh, yeah. in different venues. So uh, one that I get a lot of uh, more so recently, it's a, kind of a, a new age thing is, is people who own semen on a dog, but don't technically own the the dog. That's the sire of the litter of pups. They just own the, some semen off of that dog. And when it comes to verifying or, or doing uh, litter applications, how does that process work? Yeah. So for any litter that was used, um, that was bred using frozen semen, um, are the best way to do that is going to be a paper application because the online application is going to need the registration date on those papers. And if you don't own that dog, you're not going to have that date. So, um, dog does need to be DNA profiled. So if it was collected after 1997, so 
Most dogs now using frozen semen have been collected after that date. So DNA needs to be on file before we can register that litter. Um, as long as that DNA is done, what you would do if you bought the semen, Trevor, is you would list yourself as the owner of the sire on, on the litter application, even though you don't own the dog, because you're stating that you own the semen. Right. So you would sign, you would um, get the owner of the dam to sign their part, um, and then we would register the litter that way. Um, the paperwork would come back saying that you were the sire owner, um, but all of our um, paperwork kind of says sire or semen right. to, to cover that. So um, we don't have a transfer form. There's nothing extra you have to do outside of having that dog uh, DNA profile. Yeah, perfect. I wanted to ask you that on here because I ask you that every other week. <laughs> in person. So now I can just listen back to the podcast yeah, and get my go. answer. So helping myself out a little bit there. Um, we talked a little bit about single registering dogs already. Um, but what we haven't talked about is single registering dogs uh, with no known lineage. And this can happen in coonhounds, uh, curfeist, and uh, is beagles a thing? Yep. Okay. So it beagles, is, yep. uh, this isn't for HRC people or, or people like that, but for those three coonhounds, curfeist, and beagles, there is they, there is option to single register their dogs with no known lineage as what we call expreds, right? Yes. Yep. So um, in the current FISA is a little bit different. We don't call them expert any longer, uh, but you can still register a dog without tree and cur. Yes, yes. Correct. Yeah, um, okay. Without that known lineage. Um, but basically what that does is it allows us to um, allow you to compete in all of our hunting and performance events. Um, can't do a bench show or a confirmation show because the dog is of unknown or maybe known mix. Maybe you bred yeah. a, an English and a, and a black and tan. No together. breed standards for expert there. So. Correct. Yeah. So Still allows you to go out and compete with your dog and and go to those big national level events. Um, you know, win any of the uh, any of the prizes that come with that. Um, just not bench show or confirmation. So when you fill out that single application, you'll just for lineage, you'll just put unknown, um, and that is that indication to us um, with the photo, so we can make sure it it meets the breed type. Right. Um, and then you'll get uh, a registration number and be able to to start hunting. That's right. That's whenever taking good, clear pictures is so important because Correct. we have to make sure that that the dog is at least, if you're talking about coonhounds, that's at least look like right. a coonhound right. and, and things like that. So take good, clear pictures of the dogs, one from each side and one from the front. And like we talked about, that's all right there on, if you're doing it on paperwork, it's right there on the paperwork. Or if you're doing it online, it's all listed there. So just uh, follow the directions and it's a, follow the, the directions and it's just a really easy process. For sure. Um, I know uh, we want to go more in depth on this next topic in a later episode where we yes. can really dive into the whole process and right. maybe looking at some changes to the process even uh, down the road somewhere. But uh, some of the questions I get are sometimes, let's say I have an ex-bred coonhound, I've bred my full blood black and tan to uh, to a walker dog. Uh, now I have an expert coonhound. Uh, what's the process of getting it, uh, getting that dog back to being uh, registered black and tan down the road? Is there such a thing? Yeah, for sure. So um, if you are, say you just bred your your black and tan out just one generation, and and you're going to breed those puppies all back to black and tans. Um, you were just looking for some kind of trait you wanted to get in there. Um, then once you have met that purebred coefficient, um, you can apply to come back in as a purebred. Um, right now, the association does have to approve that. So if, if you're wanting to come in as a, a black and tan and that association is not accepting those breed transfers, um, that would kind of be held until they are accepting them. That is something that right. they can change um, from year to year. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're out forever, but you're out until they've they've accepted those. So um, that's how it is right now. Like you said, we, we're, we're going to do a deep dive into this a little bit later, yeah. but, um, that's the, 
the short answer. <laughs> and, and that may have been a bad example on my part. I just always tend to talk about black and tans, but that's one of the few associations that's kind of against that and doesn't have that option to do that right now. Uh, having to get that Chartered Breed Association to tie to sign off on it, is, it will kind of hold you up in that process for, for black and tan specifically, but a few of the others do. So it's a, we're at least worth trying and breed yeah. transfer if you need to. So we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by the all-new Dogtra Pathfinder 2. Dogtra, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. So uh, we talked about some of the common things, uh, mistakes that people can make on their paperwork and what can get them held up here in the office if they don't, if they don't, if they, one of those mistakes were made. Um, so let's just say I haven't gotten my paperwork. What, what can I do to get it resolved? So first I would... Look at when you sent it. Um, you know, if you've only sent it a week ago, you know, we, we talked that we're working about two weeks out. So um, probably just give it a little bit longer. Um, but if you've sent it in three, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and haven't seen a charge come through on your card, haven't seen paperwork come in the mail, things like that, um, you know, give us a call or, or hop on the chat. Um, you can send us an email too. We're just trying to get those those quicker options for everyone. Um, and, and we can take a look and, and maybe it is something where the credit card didn't go through because you were out of state or something like that. Um, but any, most of our problems we can take care of over the phone. Um, if it is something we can't do over the phone, we can send you an email for the signature that might be missing or things like that. But, um, at the end of the day, we don't know that you sent something until it comes across our desk. So, um, we're happy to check on those things, but if, if it's something that, um, we haven't come across yet. It was only sent a week ago. You know, we're not necessarily going to know, right. um, unfortunately, with with the amount of envelopes we do have, which is a great thing. But um, we just can't go look through all the mail. Um, but we we definitely can help you out if we do have it here and it is stuck in that in that problem hold file. We can get get it taken care of for sure. Right. Um, so w one of the things that's probably become way more popular the past couple of years with some of the mailing issues than it was before is the is duplicating paperwork. Correct. I know that's what, one of the things that I do most often when I'm at events or these paperwork have been processed. Uh, they're already in your name. They were mailed out two months ago. We got to duplicate them now and get them into your name. Talk, talk about the the process of duplicating paperwork. How, how does that all work? Yeah. So um, we have kind of two ways to do that. Um, we have just our, our normal duplicate application that we've had, um, as long as I've been here. So, so quite a few years, um, and that will send you a brand new set of papers. So if, if you took it to an event or, you know, it, the dog chewed it up, which does happen quite often, yeah. actually <laughs> dogs will really, really, will really eat your homework if you, if you let them do it. So, um, if, if you're the current owner and you just need a new set of papers, all you got to do is fill out that duplicate. The duplicate you can mail in or you can um, take a picture and email or even fax in um, and we'll get you a new set of papers sent out. Um, if you have if we sent papers out to you a month ago and it's lost in the mail, we can send a new set of papers out with that. Um, what we also have, which is new within the last couple of years, is a duplicate transfer. So what that allows is if I bought a dog from you, but I hadn't put it in my name yet and I've lost it you can fill out a duplicate and sign the duplicate transfer authorizing us to transfer it to you as what well, to myself as well and then you send in both of those forms and we only have to we just transfer it duplicate it send it to the new owner and then you don't have to be right fooling with it anymore so um it's really allowed us to kind of bypass the breeder in some cases yep. who um you know sent the paperwork to to someone that they didn't get in the mail 
um, and speed things up for the, for the new owner to get it, to get out there. Yeah, since that came on board, that's made life a lot easier for a lot of people. So I appreciate that new innovation to the whole duplication process. Uh, makes it super easy for people, especially like you said, people lost their puppy papers, get the breeder to sign off on it, and you can uh, transfer the dog in your name yes. in one in one swoop. It takes out a lot of lead time on getting your papers processed quickly. Um, I, I kind of didn't have this on the original uh, run of show here, so I'm just throwing it at you, but I'm sure it's something that you get quite often. So let's just say I just bought a dog, and this has happened to a lot of people. I bought a dog, the entire back in front of the papers is filled out with this previous owner's uh, information, but they didn't mail the paperwork in, and now I've bought the dog. What's my course of action there? Yeah, we, we see that quite often um, across all breeds that, that we do register. So we have a form specifically for this called an affidavit form. So um, it's it's a $20 fee, so it will cost a little bit extra, but um, all you have to do is fill out that affidavit with all the new owner's information and send that in with the paper that's filled out um, with the old owner's information. So that gives us all the dog information on that original, and then the affidavit allows us to get the new owner's information so we know who to send it to. Um, but you don't have to get duplicates or clean certificates, go back and get any new signatures, anything like that. Um, it just shows us that I may have bought the dog from Joe who bought the dog from the breeder, but now I've got, I've got that trail. So, um, very, very easy to do. Yeah. I think people get overwhelmed by it, but it's a super easy yes. process. Just yep. one, one piece of paper to fill out and you're set of uh, 20 extra bucks. Super simple. So I think the one of the best things about this podcast is that it's given us a chance to be transparent across everything. You know, yeah. Alan and I discuss a lot on here about uh, rules and interpretations and programs, and, and we talk a lot about major events. But I think this is a great opportunity having you on here to talk about the past couple of years uh, and, and some of the struggles that uh, the registration and customer service departments faced with, with the issues that were going on. So um, it, the, the first thing that you hear a lot when you're out is talking about how we've all the blame is on COVID. Can do you have anything to say to kind of dispel those rumors a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we are we are definitely not blaming anything on COVID. Um, you know, COVID has been two and a half years in in the making at this point. Um, you know, we did work from home. Um, we never once shut down. Um, we we worked from home for a couple of weeks, um, and then started cycling people back, um, kind of in shifts because we still had. Um, you know, distancing requirements and and things like that in our in our state at that time. Um, but everybody um, was back in the office as soon as they could be, and and if they weren't back in the office, they were working remote. So we never we never went shut down. So um, that was definitely it, it messed us all up. Um, you know, not just us, but our our society up. But you know, we we never we never stopped working for sure. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what it says about me that I think I was the first employee sent home to work remotely <laughs> and the last one to come back. So I was as non-essential as it comes, it seems. But uh, I hated working from home. I was, it's I was begging to come back. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get anything done at home. That's for sure. But uh, I think one thing that COVID did do positively for us is maybe we weren't set up so well to work remotely and have the have the systems in place to still continue to do it in an efficient manner when people are from home. And I think now we're way better set up for anything like that for to sure. pops up in the future. Yep. It kind of forced us to, to make that shift. And, um, now looking back, we can obviously thank COVID for that, that one part for sure. But, um, it's, it definitely taught us a lot for, for that part. Absolutely. I think, I think the biggest issue, and we will probably agree on this, uh, in, in the past couple of years has been, uh, hiring, training, and retaining employees. That's the biggest hurdle, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and we're not alone in that. Um, right. You know, any most people in every part of our country are are seeing the the hiring signs and 
um, in things like that all over our, our country. And um, it definitely did not miss us. You know, that that was the biggest part of our challenge was finding people that um, wanted to work um, and wanted to stay. And um, of course, anytime you hire someone, there's there's training involved. You know, you can't just pull someone in off the street and expect them to know what we do and, and help customers in, in the way that they need help. So um, that was by far our biggest challenge over the last you know, two to three years was getting staff and getting them up up to up to board to to help everyone. Yeah, it's gonna be so frustrating when you're already working with a kind of a skeleton crew to say as a yeah. staff and then you hire in a new person and you have to take one of these people who are who should be answering calls or processing paperwork to train this new person and then as soon as they're done, this new person leaves. It's like Yes. Uh the struggle of the past couple of years, but it's good to see that we have a kind of a full staff now at We've this point. We've got a great group of of people in here. And a lot of them haven't been here six months, some of them a little over a year. Um, but we've got a really, really great group and they're all, the most exciting thing is they're all just excited to be here. Right. Um, they're very happy when they come in and very positive and it, it makes a much more positive work environment for everybody else too. Yeah. And kind of speaking of the last two things, talking about uh, finding out how to work remotely and how that works and and just becoming competent at it and, and efficient in that. And then also uh, hiring employees. That's why that's what led to a second branch being opened up, correct, in, in Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things um, we had kind of um, looked at is it was it was just so hard to find people here. And we're like, well, we know we can't do remote work. Why do, why do we have to have people here? You know, we've got lots of online forums, lots of phone calls, emails, chats. You don't physically have to be here to do any of those things. Um so we actually looked at Phoenix. Um, Phoenix is a really big call center hub in our country. So um, a lot of people, and it's and it's mostly remote. So most of the people kind of in that area are used to remote work. They know they've got the capabilities to do it. Um, so what we wanted to do was was to hire a team out there, and not just there were were businesses we could have hired to you know answer phones for us if that was our end goal. But we wanted to hire team members to help our customers, not just hire a company to answer questions for our customers. Um, that was really important to us. Um, so everybody calling in is still getting that same level level of service that that they're accustomed to here at United Count Club. Right. It's been a, I, since they've been on board and became uh, sufficient out there. And they, I, I met Tiffany a few times, yeah. who's, who's the manager yeah, out there. Yeah, she was at Autumn Oaks this yeah, year. Yeah, she was at Autumn Oaks. So some of you probably met her there. So, and she's helping run that uh, Phoenix or that Arizona team out yep. there and, and doing a great job. Um, so, so getting back to some of the struggles that you faced, also, of course, mailing uh, issues and delays, which we talked about a little bit already, caused some of the issues to happen. And specifically for some of the people who are uh, participating in the performance program or trying to get DNA in fi on file, trying to get uh, stuff to and from the lab there in UC Davis has been an issue as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, no no business was immune to that that hiring shortage that, that we're all have faced and are currently facing. So, Post office went through this, you know, similar issues we had, um, but that has been much, much better. I mean, um, things are still going to get caught up um, from time to time, but it's going to be a much, it's been much, much less than it has been. Um, and then DNA Lab, um, what we have done internally is started sending batches to the lab weekly, um, but it does still take two to three weeks to get results from the lab. So um, that is something we can't speed up. You know, they, we don't have the ability to process right. that sample for everyone. So um, we're, we're sending it out more frequently to make sure we're getting things back more frequently, but it, it is still going to take a, a two to three weeks usually, um, before we get results back to send out. Um, and then 
we get them uploaded so those sires can can be nominated and get those litters in. Right. And some and uh, some of the longer lead times that people have been seeing on paperwork has definitely led to a, just a, a great increase in call and email volumes that we're seeing here in the office. So that's also been a hurdle that you guys have had to overcome, right? Yep. Um, definitely has been a challenge. But um, like we kind of talked about over the last month, we've really, really got those down and um, keep them coming because we're we're ready for them. So. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, this is kind of a, a double-edged sword here, but in the past couple of years, we seem to keep setting new standards for how for uh, the number of paperwork and, uh, and yeah. applications we're seeing coming in. And this is great, but it was kind of bad timing with, with the short staff and everything, and that kind of led to some of the issues as well, right? Timing was not great, but, um, you know, I will take busy over not busy any day. So, um, you know, very excited for the growth our, our company has seen because, um, you know, not everybody was was lucky enough to have that um, over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, we're we're m- much better equipped to deal with it. Um, but that was definitely if I could have picked a better time, I definitely would have. <laughs> but um, welcome it just the same. So, yeah. I do have to. I do have to commend you and your team. You guys worked so many hours. I, I'm gonna just single out you and Kelly uh, in particular. It seems like anytime I was here, you guys were here. And we joked about putting know. up little cots in the in the back <laughs> for us to just sleep on. So yeah. the, fir- the first one's here, and the last one's gone every day for yeah. for a couple of years, working extended hours through the week, working weekends, and uh, uh, people don't see the effort you put in. But man, it's sure appreciated uh, by everyone, I believe. So thank you guys for that. Well, it's easy to do it when you love what you do. So um, I can absolutely say I would not have put in that same kind of time if I did not enjoy what I do here. So, yeah. So we've we've kind of got through through that part of it, kind of uh, talking about that and being transparent about some of the issues that we saw uh, the past couple of years, which we've already talked about the major dent that's been put in that. So uh, better things on the horizon. And speaking about better, uh, speaking of better things on the horizon, you guys have some uh, breaking news that's coming yeah, out, right? Yeah, super exciting stuff. So um, starting on Monday, the 10th, October 10th, uh, we are expanding our service hours. So right now, our phones come on at 9 and shut off at 4.30, but that's Eastern time. So if you're not on Eastern time, you don't have a great window because you're at work or, you know, things like that. So we're expanding our service hours from 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. So um, that'll really, really help people that have, you know, the typical nine to five job, but still have questions they need to to call and can't wait on hold while they're at work, things like that. Um, so we just we want to be able to serve you all better. Um, and it's it is only going to be registration. So um, if you need to reach hunting ops or our all breed sports department for for questions to them, um, you know, they will still be leaving um, at, at 430 each day. But um, we have limited knowledge in that area on our side, so we can help with a few things. Um, otherwise, we can get you over to their voicemail so they can give you a call back the next day. But um, we're very excited to expand those hours to help everybody. And that's phone and chat. So you'll be able to reach us on either of those um, for 12 hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that That's that's going to be really helpful, especially for the West Coast people or yes. people who are working through the day. Yes, so. for sure. Um, and then also, I guess there's going to be some new offerings for uh, as far as uh, paperwork packages and, and type of paperwork coming yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. So we're refreshing our um, registration offerings. So, um, you know, we coming December 1st, so um, we will kind of tease some more of those options as it gets closer, but um, we're going to offer gold foil on more types of paperwork than just our four generation. Um, we're looking at some other metallic option upgrades we can have to, um, 
make that paperwork aesthetically look a little bit nicer to frame and, and make it easier to frame so you can see everything um, if you do decide to do that. Um, we're going to start offering a five-generation performance pedigree. So right now we have a three, a four, a six, and a seven. So we've kind of left that five-generation yeah. out. So um, we've got one of those coming. Um, more details to come on the updated pricing and in, in those full offering breakdowns. Um, but that's kind of just the teaser for what we have coming there. Yeah, perfect. So definitely going to be more information coming on that. So be sure you're staying tuned to our social me our social media platforms, our website for for breaking news on all that kind of stuff. So. Well, Taylor, I appreciate you coming and sitting with me for a little bit today to talk about uh, all about customer service and registration department here at UKC. Um, uh, this this is a good refresher for the podcast, I believe. Uh, we've talked a lot about coonhounds and beagles the past couple months, so uh, we can look forward to more of that content coming, but registration affects everybody. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and uh, hope you stick around for next time. Thanks for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and to like and follow UKC Hunting Ops on Facebook and Instagram.